I'm your host, Ksenia, and today we have a very special conversation with Erin Eber. Erin is a frequency healer, and she works with sound to create transformational experiences. She also is a cacao ceremony facilitator, and that's exactly what we connected over. Erin actually took the Conscious Social Media Program in winter 2020, And we ended up collaborating on a virtual cacao experience that led us to planting seeds for holding a bigger container for those who are called to work deeper with cacao and explore their own creativity and intuition. So this episode is a special conversation about, first of all, Erin and the healing frequency that she works with. It's a very special modality that doesn't really exist out there and I have experienced firsthand and found to be profoundly moving and transformational. So we'll be talking about exactly how that works and you can find Aaron's frequency tones online so you can experience it for yourself. And we also talk about how Aaron got on the mystical path through her voice, how she discovered cacao while she was in Peru and how it became an ally for many years to come on her journey as a mystical healer and a digital nomad. We talk about the 5D paradigm and unity consciousness and how it's calling us all to work more in collaboration with each other. We talk about plant spirit consciousness, about living from our hearts in a state of flow and synchronicity. We bring in a bit of human design and how it assisted us in bringing this collaboration to you. And we also touch on Erin leaving corporate America to live an unconventional life that she was called to. We'll be sharing more about the upcoming five-week cacao portal experience in this conversation. And if you want to find out more, go to the link in the show notes to discover what it is. We start May 10th, 2020. And if you're listening to this past that date, then we might have a recording available. So just reach out to us if you're called to connect with this work. And whether you're going to be joining us for the five-week experience or not, we are leading a free cacao and frequency healing on May 3rd at noon Eastern time. So that's linked in the show notes as well in case you want to register and join us. I hope to see you there if your heart is saying yes to this. Here's Aaron Eber. All right, Erin, the frequency healer. Hey. Nice to talk to you. You're all the way in Thailand. So it's my early morning. I'm sitting here with a cup of cacao. And you're in how many cups of cacao by now? Oh, just two. So not too many today. (laughs) So, okay. Where do we even begin this? (laughs) There's so many things I want to get into. The frequency healing, aka toning, the cacao, and the super exciting announcement of us collaborating to offer a five-week cacao experience to people who have been called to learn more about it, but most importantly, to be in the space with like-minded people, to explore their own intuition and creativity and inner technology through the technology of cacao. I couldn't wait. I think I was going to share this towards the end of the conversation, but I just couldn't wait to get it out. Go for it. So cacao spirit brought us together. And I want to start with that. For me, cacao has been this beautiful, magical tool that has allowed me to step into my heart, to launch programs, to connect with people, to step into my own role as a leader and holding space for others. And we met through actually one of my programs, Conscious Social Media Program. We'll talk about that more later. And towards the end of the program, you were announcing just to your own community that you're leading a cacao experience online. And I don't usually get this, but there was something in me that said, reach out to Aaron and collaborate. And I listened to that calling and we already had a phone call scheduled. So we connected and it just came out and you were like, yes. And I was, yes. And the call went so powerfully and so magically for everyone who was there. We got such amazing feedback that I think that's when the seed was planted to do something else, create a bigger container. And so we've been going back and forth for months until we really allowed it to unfold and show really us 
what's going to be the most helpful to humans at this time and age. But before we get there, tell me about your cacao story. Yeah, you know, if you had told me... Find me through the cacao hashtag? I found you through, I believe, your post on cacao ceremonial cacao on your blog. and Or maybe it was through Instagram. I can't remember, but I was definitely Googling or Instagramming cacao ceremony because I was interested in who was out there talking about it at this time. And you popped up and I just immediately was so drawn to all of your beautiful images and your beautiful words about cacao. And I just felt this immediate resonance with you, which actually doesn't happen to me all that often online with people. So I feel like the cacao spirit was completely looking over us and creating this entire situation of getting me to connect with you, helping me find your program, which I loved, and kind of setting up this whole synchronistic unfolding of how we were going to work together. But if you had told me eight years ago that I would still be working with cacao or even that I would be working with cacao, I probably never would have believed you. Because when I first learned about cacao ceremony, I was actually living in Peru at the time. And I went to a ceremony someone was holding and I actually hated it. I don't know what kind of cacao they were using, but it just felt really disjointed to me. It felt really like I drank like 10 cups of coffee. I felt really on edge. I was just like, I don't know what this is, but this is not for me. And was it so the cacao or was it the way that the space was held? I think it was a little bit of both looking back at it. I think it was, first of all, I think it was a Peruvian cacao, which Peruvian cacaos are usually very high energy cacaos. And then I think the space was also just more of like a frantic kind of energy. It was a really high energy dance kind of environment. And it just made me feel really overwhelmed. And I was just like, oh, this is not for me. And so probably six months later, I was in Guatemala and they're all about cacao there. This was probably seven years ago, right before cacao started to really become a well-known thing in the Western world. And I heard about a cacao ceremony and I was a little bit like, "Mm, that's not really for me. But there was a women's ceremony going on. And I love women's ceremonies. I'm a sucker for it. So I went and literally within minutes of drinking this cacao and sitting in this environment, I was just like, oh, this is totally different. (laughs) So I ended up just becoming a total cacao junkie. And I lived in Guatemala for another six or seven months drinking cacao almost every day, going to ceremonies probably four times a week crying my eyes out because at the time I had a lot to heal and a lot to let go of. And about six months later, I suddenly just got a super strong message that I needed to help spread this to other people because I had gained so much by my time in this cacao-oriented community. So I took probably 50 pounds of cacao in a suitcase, like a crazy person, (laughs) (laughs) and went to Asia and started holding cacao ceremonies in mostly Thailand and Bali. And I did this for probably almost three years, just traveling around Asia, traveling sometimes in the US, leading cacao ceremonies, and learning so much about myself and about holding space for others. I mean, it was really one of the most transformational and also challenging things I've ever done. How did you know what to do? You know, I didn't. And this is the magic of cacao, is that I always tell people cacao is a space holder for whatever you are here to bring to the world. What your gifts are, cacao will hold your hand. It will provide a womb-like nurturing space for you to bring those things to the world. So my gifts are all about healing and about transformation and about helping people connect to themselves. So I just started intuitively holding these ceremonies where I would give people space to do that. And then I would just be as in the moment as I possibly could. And this is why you know, I say it was so challenging is because anyone who's done something like that knows that that's actually really terrifying when you first start doing that, because you're so afraid of what might happen or what might go wrong, or should I have a plan or this, that, and the other. Um, But what Kakao taught me was that I could trust what would naturally come forward from me. And I would watch these ceremonies just unfold like magic as if they had been completely planned in advance. So I always tell people, if you feel the calling, start experimenting with cacao, you know, serve it to your friend, serve it 
in your groups of whatever it is that you are called to do, because cacao will support you and birthing your creativity into the world. I love this so much. Cacao is a space holder for whatever you're meant to bring to the world. My experience has very much been the same. I discovered cacao in Bali at like a crazy song dance party. It was a very joyful, ecstatic environment. And just then and there, I already made a bookmark in my head that this is something. There's something about this. You know how when you have those moments in your life where you just, in your heart, you know that you're going to come back to that medicine? I actually had a similar experience going to India with my parents when I was 15. I went to the Himalayas and visited some really old monasteries, like ancient ruins of monasteries, essentially. And I just had this moment where spirit completely took over me and said, you're going to come back to these lands and you're going to spend more time here and you're going to study spirituality. And at that time, I had no idea what that meant. I didn't grow up religious. I didn't really have access to any spiritual practices. It wasn't a thing back then, but I just knew. I just had that knowing. And with cacao, it was the same thing. I made that mental note in 2016 or a heart note in 2016 when I was a digital nomad. And then we came back to New York. I came back to New York and I discovered cacao again through Florencia Friedman, who ended up studying cacao ceremony with and doing really deep transformative experiences through that training. You guys probably know if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, Florencia was a guest on episode 14, where we go deep into cacao ceremony and my cosmovision. And so from there on, it's been this daily practice, that container for me to really tap back into my heart, into creativity and to what the divine plan is. Honestly, for the past few months, my prayer every morning has been divine, show me the way. May whatever is meant to come through through me today come through. May I have the courage to trust that. And I find that cacao is exactly the medicine that this gentle plant ally that holds space for that. Yes. In fact, the man I learned about cacao from originally is a man named Keith, who runs a company called Keith's Cacao down in San Marcos, Guatemala. And he always describes cacao as a partner healing medicine. It holds your hand. It says, what do you want to do today? It's not like a psychedelic that throws you through the door no matter what you want. It's your partner. It's here to help. And that's what I have found cacao to be for me. I mean, the way that I have used cacao over the years changes constantly. It's almost as if every year I have a completely different story with what cacao is guiding me to share, what its role is in my life. And it's just been so many things in the way that I've healed and then shared with other people and now serving as a cacao educator. And also it's really boostering my creativity these days. So whatever it is that you're wanting to bring to the world, it supports that prayer and that intention. I love that you said when you started working with cacao eight years ago, you would have never believed that you would go on for so long. I have a similar experience because I love trying new things, new healing modalities, new tools all the time. And often I do them for a few months or a year maybe, and then I'm off to the next thing. And for me, it's been absolutely shocking how long I've sticked with cacao or the other way around. We're not sure. <laughs> and I think one of the reasons is because cacao, whether on a conscious or a subconscious level, when we drink it in an intentional space, it gives us messages. When I went to Guatemala with Florencia and I held a pod of cacao from a farm that they sourced from, I closed my eyes and I felt messages. And in that moment, almost two years ago, it told me, you're not ready to serve others. And I was like, what? But that was my plan. I really want to go out there. I'm so passionate about this. It's changed my life so much. Give me the courage to share my voice and start this podcast. And the cacao mama was like, mm, no, you're not ready. Keep sitting with yourself. And I had to trust that. And I did. And I sat with cacao for probably nine more months until I really came up, not came up really, but received the guidance to step out and start sharing it. I love that so much because this is what cacao is all about. It's like surrendering to what the deeper invitation is, no matter what, because I had the exact opposite experience. I didn't want to serve it. I was terrified. And it was like, oh no, you're doing this. You have no choice. You know, start calling. And in fact, my first ceremony, I didn't even plan myself. I had just arrived in Thailand and 
I remember I met some people that I told I worked with cacao and they were like, we're doing a ceremony. It's set up. Three days later, there was a ceremony set up and I had 25 people there and I didn't even plan it and I didn't even promote it. I didn't do one thing. And so the cacao spirit really called that to push me to step into this role that was waiting for me. And, you know, one of the things that I've heard talked about a lot in different shamanic circles is the idea that all plant spirits have a consciousness and they're here to communicate things through us because really in, you know, the world of consciousness, humans have the most eclectic way of expressing themselves of anything that's alive. So these plants are actually using us in some ways to communicate their wisdom and communicate what they are here to bring if we choose to listen. So all the different plants that we work with, you know, no matter how we choose to work with them, have messages. And cacao has such a beautiful, gentle, heart-centered message. And everybody I see working with it is unfolding that message and that gift and that sharing in a unique and different way. And that's what I love about it so much. Like when I hear people talk about cacao, sometimes people that don't know it will say, oh, I tried a cacao ceremony once, you know, it was blah, blah, blah. And I always say, well, they're not all the same. They're all super unique because each person that's serving cacao or sharing cacao in the world has a completely different way of doing it that's totally unique to their gifts and their being. So it can be expressed in an infinite amount of ways. Absolutely. And that's one of the reasons we decided to hold this experience together because neither one of us is attached to one cacao brand. I mean, we have our favorites, of course, but we're not cacao company founders. So the one of the intentions is to create collaboration, not just between us, but a bigger vision of collaborations between all humans working with cacao spirit. Totally. A quote that you shared in our cacao portal experience page that I love so much. It's a Mayan proverb. It says, when the hearts of men have closed, cacao comes out of the jungle to open them once again. It's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true, you know, and, and I think that us working together is such an amazing example of the future of not only the world, but what this medicine wants to bring forward. Because Unfortunately, in pretty much every spiritual practice, you do see a lot of competition. And, you know, really the whole point here is that we're helping people unfold their unique gifts, which is going to come in so many different ways and so many different packages. And each person has a unique and special way of delivering messages and support to others. So, you know, to me, it's like the more the merrier, let's all play together. And actually, it's kind of just a lot more fun that way in my perspective. <laughs> So, okay, here's a fun question. I have a post that went pretty much viral on TikTok. It's me sharing how drinking cacao instead of coffee in the morning changed my life. And that was my first video that got over 300,000 views and hundreds of comments. And there's a lot of people whose curiosities peaked. And there's some people who are like, girl, it's just hot chocolate. Why would you call it something else? What, how do you explain it to people who don't really know much about the plant medicine aspect of it, but perhaps are drawn to learn more? I love that. That's one of my favorite questions that I get from people. They're like, okay, wait, what's the difference? You know, I bought cacao at Whole Foods. You know, how is that any different than the cacao that you're serving? And there are so many differences. I actually wish there wasn't. You know, I wish that the norm in the world of chocolate was the quality of what we use, is the quality of what gets called, quote, ceremonial cacao. But unfortunately, most of the world's chocolate is nowhere near that quality. Most of the world's chocolate is actually, unfortunately, from slave labor or farmers paid very low wages. It's a really unfortunate and industry that's had a lot of struggle and challenges. And then you kind of have your step up from that, which is maybe cacao powder that's organic and, you know, is fair trade and came from a better source. But that's still going to be stripped of most of the active nutrients of cacao because the act of making cacao into a powder takes the fat out. It takes a lot of the nutrients out. And what you're left with is just a very high caffeine stripped of its nutrients powder. 
And then you have ceremonial grade cacao, which is, you know, made with a lot of intention. It's very minimally processed so that it maintains all of the active compounds, the theobromine, the anandamide, the high nutrient levels. I mean, really the list goes on and on. Cacao is like literally the number one superfood in the world. It is so packed with antioxidants and micronutrients. It's crazy. They say it has something like 10 times what blueberries have. I don't even remember the number, but it's really high. But you have to make it in the correct way. You have to use the beans that contain the most active nutrients. You really have to do it in a very intentional way. And there aren't that many companies yet doing this. So my mission is always to promote, you know, these different companies that are creating cacao ceremonially for ceremony to maintain the active nutrients, to take care of the supply chain, pay farmers fair wages, pay the workers fair wages, create something that's just really sustainable and beautiful that actually gives back to these communities where this sacred medicine comes from. And to the earth and the trees that they are protecting over thousands of years. and. You know, talking about fair trade, I had Sean Eskinosi, founder of the Eskinosi Chocolate, which we both love so much, on the podcast twice. And he is someone who was a criminal defense attorney to, uh, who turned into a chocolate maker. And in episode 77, we talk about chocolate and encounters with the divine through business. He is someone who travels around the world to over 40 different farms. And he's really pioneering that beyond fair trade, direct trade relationship with farmers. And he's someone who practices open books with his farmers and does profit share with them. And I think it's just such a vision for the future where we don't just, you know, take what's there on the surface when we see the words fair trade, but we really dig deeper and the way that I do it, because a lot of the times you can't really know whether it comes to cacao or something else, is just tapping into how is the founder's energy? Are they actually present? Do they feel connected to the product that they're serving? And to me, that kind of resonance is what really draws me to support different businesses. I love that. And I am an absolute huge fan of Askinosi chocolate. It's so delicious and amazing, and they are totally doing it right. It's such an incredible example of what could be. I totally agree with you. And I think we just need more companies like this. You know, people often try to ask me if they can use other brands for their cacao consumption. And I always say, you know, I wish I could tell you it was as easy as going to the grocery store and buying chocolate. You know, I really do. I, that's my dream that one day that. The highest quality of cacao is completely the norm. But for now, you do sort of have to go usually directly through reputable companies that are doing it right. And I love giving people ceremonial cacao for the first time. I'm sure you've had this experience, Ksenia, but you know, watching someone who's never had it drink it and experience and feel it in their body and feel how the way it opens their heart and it opens their energy. And maybe they release some emotion or they connect with themselves and People just are so lit up and it's really like, it's kind of like a drug in itself just to serve people cacao and watch what happens to them. I mean, I love it. <laughs> so funny. Cacao ceremonies take different iterations. You know, different communities have different rituals around it. I have had the honor of sitting down with Mayan elders with Florencia and for them, fire is the biggest aspect of ceremony. In this modern world, in the way you and I serve and share cacao, usually it has been, not usually, but pretty much always, it's been virtual, especially in quarantine. And, you know, if we talk about how it goes, I would say we start by opening our hearts and setting the collective intentions. And then we go into frequency toning, which we're about to talk about. And then there's some space for group sharing. There's some space for you and I to share, you know, information we've been called to share through creating this space. And then there's closing. There might be some journaling prompts or reflection prompts to really deepen our presence with ourselves. And I love the ceremonial space. It's like this time warp kind of a thing where you go into it and all of a sudden there's space in your heart to be present with what is and explore new ideas and new concepts and find energy to do what's most important to you. And a big aspect of it all is the frequency 
healing. So I would love you to tell us about what that is. You know, it's so funny because I think I give a different explanation every time someone asks me about frequency healing (laughs) because I'm still always working out how to explain it. I think you and I have had this conversation already where it's sort of trying to make sense of something that's a little bit woo-woo, 5D, not so 3D of an experience. But my experience of it is basically I use my voice and I channel sounds that kind of sound like crystal bowls or didgeridoos or other. They do sound like bowls. Yeah, right? It's That's the thing I get compared to the most. So often when I'm doing a live frequency download or toning that's in person, people tell me that they had to open their eyes in the middle of it and look at me because they're like, is she using instruments or is that her voice? <laughs> because they often sound like crystal bowls. And if you listen closely, there's overtones in them very often and sort of like this almost like can sound almost a little harsh sort of background resonance that happens as the different tones that I'm making all at one moment sort of collide in time and space. And then I have some deeper ones that sound a little bit more alien-like and a little bit didgeridoo-like. And those ones are always a little bit weirder for people, but those are the ones that tend to work on deeper chakras and you know, more grounded parts of ourselves. So I make these sounds through my voice, which really anyone can do. But what I have discovered through working with them over time, through what I've been guided to see about them, what I've been told from other people is they carry very specific frequencies that I was given while I was sort of integrating a lot of different things in my own healing process that override the human system, override our 3D experience. So they can kind of take belief structures or things that humans often let get in the way of bigger parts of themselves landing in their field, miracles, magic, and it just sort of overrides that so that people actually receive these things. So the shortest explanation is that it's sound healing using my voice. But it obviously has a much bigger explanation as well. So every time that I've been in the presence of the frequency healing, I feel like the timeline that I'm familiar with, this human realm kind of stops and I get goosebumps. And it's like I fall back into this all-knowing consciousness. And I guess another metaphor is it's like someone hangs me up in a rope in the middle of the air and I'm floating and it's unexplainable what happens. It is like crystal bowls and I love sound baths and I love sound healing and it is like crystal bowl bath times a thousand for me in in the effect. That's how powerful it feels. Oh, I love that. I, I have a big smile on my face over here listening to you. I love hearing people's experiences because I know what it is for me to do it. I mean, really, it feeds me on such a deep level to do this healing with people. But to hear other people have powerful experiences like that, and really that is the intention of it, is to take us into the quantum realm beyond time and space where anything is possible. It opens portals within people to bring through whatever they need in the moment. So it can essentially just sort of rip open deeper dimensions where whatever needs to come through can come through. That's what I love about it so much because the concept that I've been working with a lot lately is surrender, is surrendering to the fact that we don't know, surrendering to what's best for us and not what we think is best for us. And I feel like toning is a modality that is very supportive exactly of that because you can't really explain what's happening. You don't know what's happening can't explain those frequencies in the human language, but we just trust that our body and our inner system and our divinity is communicating with that bigger system of divinity. Totally. And that's the thing I love most about it is I feel like it sort of turns people's brains off so that those bigger divine plans, so to speak, that everybody's soul, spirit, higher self, whatever words you want to use, it really doesn't matter. But whatever the bigger you has in store for you can actually come through and flow. And really, that's what puts us into that flow state, that effortless state, that unfoldment state that everybody's actually really looking for. We just think we have to control it so much and we usually kind of get in our own way. So I find that this somehow magically just gets people out of their own way to allow these things to come through and just unfold the way they're meant to. And that always feels the best for everybody, really, at the end of the day. 
How did you discover this frequency toning? It's so funny because I have been singing my entire life. So music has always been such a huge part of everything for me. In fact, how I got on the spiritual path is because of singing and music, which was that when I was a teenager, I started having all these vocal problems. And at the time, I thought my life was kind of over because I wanted to be a singer more than anything. And I didn't know it, but I I didn't know yet that song and music was my connection to my divinity and my higher self. I just knew that I felt like the only thing that mattered to me had been sort of taken away from me. So I went on this big journey to heal my voice. And in that process, discovered a healer who changed my life and introduced me to all the alternative healing methods. And, you know, I was like, 17 years old and everybody thought I was insane. <laughs> they used to call it my witch doctor. Like, what is this crazy stuff you do? But I was just so obsessed with this realization that there was so much more out there that we could heal ourselves. And so it led me down an entire spiritual and alternative path with my life. And it wasn't until I was much, I was probably about 28 and I was living in Guatemala and I had been singing you know, casually, but not professionally. And I was sitting in a cacao ceremony and Keith actually just looked at me and said, Aaron, make a sound. And I was kind of like, what do you mean make a sound? <laughs> and he said, just make any sound. So I made some random sound that just came to me. And literally half the people in this ceremony started having huge releases, like crying. Somebody had like a a spirit that was attached to them that came out, like all these crazy things were happening. I know I was like, whoa, what just happened? You know? And so it was this real eye opener for me of the power of my voice. And so I started playing with it. And for a few years, I played with it off again and on again. I would use it in the healing work I was doing, but I wasn't totally 100% clear what I was meant to do with it. And then last year, I went through a really big inner transformation where I felt that this new frequency energy was downloading into me. And so I started playing with that. Like, what is this frequency about? I could feel it healing me. I could feel it opening things in me. And before I knew it, I was using it in my healing work again and really watching magic happen with people, just like instantaneous alignment to their higher selves, instantaneous transformation, I mean, incredible stories. It was just blowing my mind, actually, what was happening with it because, you know, I just had no clue. And so it started teaching me over time what it was about and how it was working. But I really have to credit my time with Cacao for even uncovering this gift because who knows how long it would have taken me to discover this if I hadn't been able to play with it in ceremony and use it in ceremony and start to understand what it was all about for myself. Wow. So we're looping all the way back to this idea that cacao is a space holder for you to discover your own unique gifts. And it's such a powerful thing to have at this time in our world where, you know, on the podcast, I've been talking a lot about moving into the 5D consciousness realm, where more humans are awakening at a more rapid rate, where we're manifesting quicker than ever, and we're truly stepping into our hearts. And it only makes sense that cacao ceremony is something that ancient indigenous people were using for thousands of years, all of a sudden is having this renaissance in the world. Well, and also because it is such a heart medicine. And as we move into this 5D reality that we keep talking about, 5D reality is based in unity consciousness, which is rooted in the heart. And so it really is the medicine of unity consciousness, the medicine of the heart here to open us to this bigger possibility of how we are all connected and what's possible through other dimensions that we just haven't been so open to. You know, actually, Keith has a really great story about when he was first looking for other tribes still using cacao ceremonially, and he was led to a group of Mayans that were living in the jungle, and they he found a translator to translate him for him and everything. It was like a very serendipitous alignment of how he found this tribe. And when he got there, they actually ran up to him and said, we've been waiting for you. And they invited him into their, what they called going to war because they had been told that white people call solving problems going to war. So they invite him into this council that they were holding. And he sat down to meditate with these Mayan elders. And he actually watched them in meditation. He went deep into his own consciousness. 
And he could see them all sitting together in another dimension, having a conversation, but he was on the outside of it and he couldn't quite be a part of it, but he got to sort of watch it and witness it. So it's almost like these tribes have been using this forever to travel to other realms, to, you know, move through dimensions because they knew that this medicine was a portal that opened these things for people. That's so powerful. And what's crazy is I had a virtual cacao ceremony with one of the representatives of Legacy Cacao, which is another Guatemalan cacao brand. And they have a very similar story of where they were intuitively guided. The woman who started it, she is an intuitive and a psychic. And she was intuitively guided to go and sit with the Mayan elders in Guatemala. And at the end of the ceremony, they called her out and said, it's you. We've been waiting for you. Wow. I love that. That's so incredible. So it's happening all over the world. And on that note, I want to dive a little bit into how can we honor this medicine and pass on these traditions and be bridges for them in the modern world with respect. That's something I discuss a lot with Florencia and with also Mark Elmi, who is a Maya healer based in Guatemala. He runs the website, The Four Pillars, and he was a guest on the podcast a couple of episodes ago. And when I had that conversation with him, you know, how can we truly respect the medicine? How can we respect the people who have been passing down the wisdom and the traditions? And in my experience, it all comes down back to intention. If we show up with integrity and our hearts in the right place, and we, you know, stay a channel of open communication for all the parties, I believe that that's the way to go. But if anyone listening here is an indigenous person or an elder, you know, we can only see what's happening in front of us and in our experience. So I am always open to having these conversations. And if you have more ideas, please contact me. I love that. And, you know, the thing is, ceremony is whatever we intend it to be, right? You know, it's entering something with intention and with full presence. And, Cacao is this incredible tool to deepen that experience and to hold that experience. And can you imagine if we showed up to everything in our lives with that kind of intention and reverence and with the intention that all of life is a ceremony and everything that happens around us and everything that happens to us is actually a ceremony. And it's interesting because sometimes I get people very nervous to try cacao because they are very nervous about the cultural aspects of it because they are so important. And I'm so amazed by a lot of these cacao leaders out there that are teaching indigenous practices and, and spreading knowledge about them so that those ways can, you know, come back into light. But everything in our lives is a ceremony and we can approach anything in that way. And I really think that's the most important thing to keep in mind when we work with anything, you know, like even like your morning coffee is sacred and treating that like a ceremony as well. You know, so I think when we approach it with that intention, it really can change everything. You know what I have? One of the tabs I have open on my browser with 100 tabs right now is actually a book called Caffeine by Michael Pollan, who wrote How to Change Your Mind about psychedelics. And I haven't downloaded it yet, but it's all about how caffeine created the modern world. And it's about journey through the history of the drug, which was first discovered in a small part of East Africa and within a century became an addiction affecting most of the human species. And it talks about its human history, science. And I also wonder if there's like rituals around it. That's why I'm really curious to download it because I've heard that, you know, caffeine, coffee beans originally had very similar aspects as cacao. So, and then kind of it became this different thing once it spread across the world and became a drug. But I feel like there's just so many similarities with cacao in that way. There are. And you know what's really fascinating about it is if you look at like the last couple hundred years, we can equate that to the age of information, right? And caffeine is a substance that stimulates the brain. It's a very mind-based substance. So the rise of coffee and caffeine as being so prevalent in our society really goes along with this increased mental activity that was going on in our world. And also, if you've ever had 
organic cup of coffee or a really high quality cup of coffee, you know, you really can taste the difference. You can really feel the difference even in how it affects you. So I do see the similarities with that with cacao. But the interesting thing with cacao is that it's much higher in theobromine, which doesn't absorb across the blood brain barrier in the same way that caffeine does. So it's a much slower absorption on the body. It almost acts like a baby aspirin, actually, like it thins your blood, it gets your heart pumping, it moves your energy in a really profound way, which is why it gives you this open heart effect and makes you feel much more in your heart and in your body than caffeine does, which makes you just feel really in your head. So I actually always tell people when they're trying cacaos to look out for that. I always say, you know, try whatever chocolate or whatever cacao you're drawn to and then just watch how it makes you feel because you'll be able to tell when something brings you into your body awareness versus when something brings you into a mental awareness. But it really fits with the shift that's going on in reality right now from a more mental-based society to a more heart-based, awareness-based society. Bring it. I'm all for it. <laughs> and I love that you talk about, you know, just sit with it and feel how it feels in your body. Same with choosing the right cacao for you, you know, as we get ready for this five-week journey with people who are drawn to join us, they will be asking, you know, where do I get my ceremonial cacao most likely? And we don't have one recommendation. I've tried pretty much all the ceremonial cacao on the market. I had a big taste test and I'll be releasing a YouTube video about it. And I think there's so many great ones and it really just depends on where you are and what your body and your heart is drawn to at the moment. I'm always experimenting and trying new ones. And depending on the day, I'm drawn to different kinds. And, and that's okay. Yeah, I think it's really important for people to find the one that's right for them. And of course, as we've said, you and I both have our favorites. And I have the one that you know I work with more often than others. But at the end of the day, I also know that they all have totally unique aspects to them and not everybody's going to resonate with the same one. And it actually might change as well. One month, you might be really into this one. Next month, you want something new. And I always encourage people to try different kinds of cacao. And I think that's something that's going to make this experience that we're creating so extra special because it really is not just about one cacao brand or one cacao tradition. This is about the cacao spirit and it's about what you are being called to and how you are being called to be connected to and guided by the cacao spirit. I mean, I always joke with people that they could come to my ceremony and not even touch cacao and they're going to go through something profound because we're calling in this frequency and this spirit to be worked with. It's just like, why not drink the cacao? Because it's amazing and it makes you feel so good. You know what I mean? <laughs> Ooh, yeah, that's a great point. So if someone is not able to get the cacao in time for the start of this experience, you're still going to be in that space with us. Totally. And that's a, such a profound thing because, yeah, it's great to be sitting and sipping on delicious hot chocolate. But at the same time, just this knowing that the spirit is there. You know, when I've previously done any kind of plant medicine ceremonies or any transformational experiences or retreats, I know that the work begins once I sign up. Like I've had the most psychedelic experience with no psychedelics in my body just after signing up because we enter this energy portal that we said yes to and it's welcoming us. Do you know what I'm talking about? Fully. In fact, I had an experience years ago where I went through a brief moment in Peru where I worked with different plant medicines, mostly ayahuasca. And then years later, I felt a bit of a calling to drink ayahuasca again, and I actually got offered it. And I remember sitting with, do I actually want to drink this medicine right now? And something deep within me was just like, you know what? I don't really want to drink it right now. And so I said, you know what, ayahuasca, thank you so much for offering it to me, but I think I'm going to say no. And I actually found that that night, without drinking any plant medicine, I went through one of the most transformational journeys, and it was such a lesson to me that I didn't need the medicine. All I needed to do was to tune into the frequency of the medicine and say yes to it, and it would be there for me. Wow, that's so powerful. And also something that I have noticed has a profound impact on my own experience with connection with the divine is community. And that's one of the reasons we're creating this container is because it's one thing to sit with cacao on your own 
and it's beautiful to establish that relationship. But everything is amplified when group energy is there and people vulnerably show up and share what they're creating in their lives, what they're ready to let go of and hold that space for each other. One of the most powerful aspects of me guiding the conscious social media program is people, the people that show up, like there's completely magical alchemical thing that happens. Connections happen, collaborations end up happening and just that energy bouncing off of each other. And always when someone shares something in that sacred group space, it's meant not just for them, but for other people in the group as well. And, you know, that's why I'm so excited to create this closed container for five weeks where the same people will come together and set intentions for the whole journey together and hold that space for each other. And we'll be meeting on Sundays. So you'll be going and doing your own work and and doing integration throughout the week and then coming together to just amplify all of that and, and dive deeper through the frequency healing through journaling and any other modalities that come into the space. But also very important aspect that I wanted to make sure that we cover is we didn't want to create another course. It's more of an uncourse than a course because there's not going to be loads of homework or materials to go over. Whatever information we can deliver, we'll be delivering live. And if you have any requests for any materials, we'll be providing that as well. But it's most importantly about that live component of it and the co-creation that happens in that space. And it's so funny when I was kind of tapping into launching this project together most recently, because we've been going back and forth for many weeks, the spirit has been like knocking on our door and we were finding the right human form to release it. I was with Eric and I was running it by him and I was like, well, we don't want to create another course. We want it to be an experience. And he goes, why don't you call it on course? And I couldn't believe that he said that because Literally the day before, I saw you post about your offering that you just came up with, which you called Uncoaching. (laughs) Exactly. And I love this concept because it's really like, you know, every paradigm has its informational and transformational quality to it, but the juice is in the transformation. It's in the frequency. It's in the experience. And so a certain amount of information is usually necessary, you know, like, teaching a little bit about cacao, how to make it. You know, there's there's necessary information in there. And yet the real magic is about what happens when we all show up together and when we show up to ourselves through this medicine. It's through the experience. And, you know, for me, working in community with cacao was what created my powerful understanding of how this medicine even works, getting to watch other people go through experiences at the same time as experiencing my own has shaped so much of what I experience with cacao medicine and how I work with it. And I'm even so excited to get back into a community aspect of this. It's like, I create this stuff for myself as much as I create it for other people. I love being in groups and communities and witnessing people's transformation and holding space for people to transform. There's such a juice to it. And even when I just do work with my frequency work, I love doing groups because I consistently have people come up to me afterwards and say, wow, I really thought, you know, a one-on-one would be more powerful, but I have to tell you, like watching you work with this person had such an effect on me or watching you work with that person had such an effect on me. So witnessing other people's transformations and breakthroughs and realizations really does so much for us and, you know, brings us into this new paradigm where we're kind of all in this together and we're all going through this collectively. So I just think it's it's so amazing to start moving away from simply being informational or information focused and moving into deeper experiential community aspects. That's so well said. If you are called to everything we're saying and you're listening to this before May 10th, then I'm including all the links to join us in the show notes. And if you're listening to it past that time, we probably, first of all, will have recordings of this experience available. It won't be the same, of course, as doing it live and being in that space with us, but that's the vision. And number two is go out there and find 
communities that are also into cacao around you once the quarantine lifts and create those opportunities to sit in person, have those experience experiences with other like-minded beings together because those cacao circles, I'm telling you, it's, it's absolutely life-changing. It's so funny because I try to attend things here and there that call to me. And I cannot tell you how many things I've gone to or done where in the back of my head, I'm just saying to myself, this would be so much better with cacao (laughs) because it just brings people so deep and it cracks people open in such a raw and vulnerable way. And for me, that is really where the juice of life is and the fulfillment of that kind of connection when you can meet people in their truth and their authenticity and their vulnerability. And I find that cacao just melts all of the barriers and the walls to that and helps people enter that space. And they may not have even known that they wanted to enter that space. And then suddenly they're there and they're like, oh, this feels so good. So I actually think that all the time, there's so many things I do where I'm like, oh, this would be so good with cacao. (laughs) I totally feel you so many times. All right. So who is this experience for? How would people know that this is right for them? You know, when you signed up for the Conscious Social Media Program, I know you found out about it through the podcast. So what was it about it that in your vein said, okay, this is for me and made you actually sign up? Do you know what's so funny about that is I don't usually do courses. I'm not like one of those people that signs up for every course. <laughs> I meet a lot of people like that, but that's never been me. And so I kept hearing about your course. You, you know, you'd bring it up in your podcast or you'd post it online. And something in the back of my head just kept saying, kind of feel like I should do that. Kind of feel like I should do that. And I kept ignoring it. Like I kept just being like, no, no, Erin, you don't need that right now. Like, what what are you thinking? You know, or like being like, you could teach yourself social media. You don't need to take that course. And I kept just kind of ignoring it. And then I remember at some point, I finally messaged you, I think, and said like, you know, I'm, I'm curious about the program. You know, I was just sort of like towing in for like more information, probably just to make myself feel better. And you answered all my questions and you were super sweet about it. And, and I put in actually an application for one of your scholarships that you were giving away. And the funny thing is I kept thinking about it. And I even down to like, I don't, I'm one of these people that never tracks dates. I never know when things are happening. I'm so oblivious. And I remember the day before your program started, I was thinking about your program. I was thinking, I wonder whatever happened to that application I put in. I wonder if I'll get it. And I was kind of, it was like just sitting in the back of my head. And then I remember I received an email from you, I think that night. And I even had a friend with me that said, you don't need to do that. What are you thinking? And I remember I tuned into it within my own heart. And I suddenly just went, no, I'm, I don't know why. I cannot explain it to you, but I am supposed to be in this course. <laughs> like Something just so deeply spoke to me in that moment. And it really went against all my logic. And I was really trying to logic myself out of it, actually. <laughs> I don't know if I ever, ever even told you all of this. But so I ended up saying yes to it. And I am so glad I did. It obviously like opened so many doors for me in so many different places from the connections that I made with the other women that were in your group who were such incredible women to the knowledge that I gained about social media, which I am still using and has completely changed the way that I show up to social media. And to connecting with you, to getting to lead our ceremonies together, to getting to know each other. And I've already even formed different collaborations and partnerships with other women that were in your group as well. So it was just like, you know, all these things in my life that have been the most impactful actually made the least sense. I can't tell you how many things I've done in my life that people around me were like, what are you doing? And I was just like, I don't know. Something's telling me I'm supposed to do this. And so what I would always say to people is to trust your own heart and your own knowing about things and knowing when anything, not just this course, but anything is right for you. Because the most amazing synchronistic things that we can create in our life don't always make logical sense. And we don't always know why we're doing them. So I think if there's any inkling or interest or if you've been wondering about ceremonial cacao and you kept kind of saying, oh, I see these people posting about it, it looks interesting, and you're drawn to it, you know, I would say at least take the first step in, you know, come to the call on Sunday, start looking around at the website. But if you don't want to join it with us, if that's not the one that feels right, you know, 
trust the unfolding of how you are here to be with not only ceremonial cacao, but everything that you're doing in your life and trust that inner guidance that speaks to you. That is such a powerful reminder. And I'm totally with you. And we started by saying that there's a lot of people being called to step up and be the voice for cacao and share it. And just like there's different cacao brands for different people, there's different teachers for different people. And I'm so excited to be partnering with you, Erin. It's a new territory for me to be collaborating in this way with someone. And one of the things you do is you read people's human design charts. And I remember in one of our initial calls, you explained to me why it is that we work so well together. Everything was just flowing. So I'm a manifester and I have all the visions and you're a manifest and generator, right? Yes. So you're a manifest and generator. And it just, you know, we would come up with an idea and then I would go take a nap and I would wake up and you already have like a, a draft sales page up and, <laughs> or like an email newsletter up. And for me, working with something that's already in place that just, just needs to be tweaked is a lot easier than just creating out of thin air, just out of just an idea. And it's so interesting. Can you speak a little bit about the human design aspect of this collaboration? Yeah, well, it's exactly what you just said. You know, being a manifester, you are here to, you know, be the initiator and to inform people about what you're creating because then people who have generator energy like myself can run with your magic. And that's the amazing thing about human design is that every type really is here to work with each other. And so I'm totally with you that this world of collaboration is so exciting to me. I have something in human design that we call split definition, which is a little bit of a more minor part of human design. But really what it means is that I work best when I'm working with other people because it bridges the different parts of me that can feel a little just disjointed in my regular life. So what I've experienced every time I collaborate with someone who I have alignment with is just like it brings me to life in this whole new way. And I have been absolutely loving us working together because it's like it lights this fire underneath me that is completely different than when I offer things on my own. And they both have their value, but you know, I really do feel as I keep saying that we're moving into this world where we are doing this together. We are, it's not just about the individual person anymore. It's really about all of us thriving instead of trying to survive. And I really think that we're modeling this, that cacao ceremony models this, bringing us back to that remembrance of community and the way that we can all work together. And, you know, the individual awakening was a beautiful thing. It was a beautiful movement, but it's time to sort of evolve it to the next step. You know, it's like we kind of went from tribal to individual, and now we're going into a more interdependence world where we all work together and yet our own unique humans. And I think, you know, working in cacao ceremony and in collaboration, and this is why I love human design too, because it helps people understand their unique nature and the way they're here to live in the world. And I am all about honoring each person's unique contribution to this world, because as we awaken our way of being in each one of us, I think we're going to actually find that all the puzzle pieces kind of click into place and this world actually runs much smoother and functions much better and it's just our fear that keeps us from doing that and gets in the way. So that's just a glimpse into some of the foundational values that bring together the container that we're creating. And if you're curious to experience it for yourself, we're holding a free call on May 3rd, 2020 at noon Eastern time. I'm going to link it in the show notes that you can join and get a taste of what's going to be happening for the five weeks. But if you're called to just hop in for the five weeks, do that. And if you are called to explore Aaron's frequency healing, Aaron, where can people dip their toes into that? I have a couple free healings online. I have a YouTube channel that has a couple free tonings. And I also have an insight timer meditation. And if you hop on over to my website at erinebert.com, there is a resources part of the website that will have all that, as well as you can download a free tone when you sign up for my newsletter. So there are a lot of ways to experience it just to try it out for yourself. And then of course, I'm always available for for one-on-one -on -one sessions as well, but lots of free resources out there to get started. So before we wrap up, I have to ask you this. You are a digital nomad. How did this happen? How long have you been traveling for? Because when you told me this, I, 
I couldn't believe it. You know, I thought after six months, I can call myself a digital nomad. But I was like, no, I'm just like in the first grade of being a digital nomad. Because you've been doing this for such a long time. How did you set up your life in a way where that's possible? Oh, Ksenia, we would have to do a whole nother podcast to truly get into that one. (laughs) But the simple answer was or is total trust. And I know that sounds a little bit hippie and a little bit woo-woo and not tangible. But basically what happened was in 2012, I had been living in New York City for almost 10 years at that point, maybe working in corporate America. And I was miserable. I mean, I was completely miserable. It was so not who I was. I'd been doing healing work and consciousness things on the side forever, hiding it in a back closet. And I basically had this moment where I just said, I cannot live this way anymore. This is actually killing me. I have to get out of here. And I made it my intention. And I had zero savings at the time. I had no plan. I had no idea what I was doing. I had never lived out of the country before. I'd never even backpacked before. And I basically just said to the universe, this is the year. I want to travel and I'm not going to work for a little while. (laughs) And the universe completely conspired in my favor. And I still look back on this moment all the time when I doubt things as my proof that I am endlessly supported when I listen to my truth. Because back then, Airbnb was brand new. And I had this little studio in the West Village of Manhattan. And I started renting it out on Airbnb, was one of the early people on it. So I was ranking really high in searches. Before I knew it, I had my apartment rented all the time. And I just left. And I didn't ever really fully come back. And there have been so many times along this journey where I've gone broke, where I've had no idea what I was doing next, where I've been completely lost and confused. And every step of the way, if I get myself centered, if I call in what I need, if I trust, everything works out, even if it happens in ways that I don't really love at the time. And I've had a few moments where it's been more uncomfortable than comfortable And I've had to get really okay with that. So people say to me a lot when they find out that I live the way I live and that I haven't had a solid home since 2012, they're like, oh, I I wish I could live that way. And I'm like, well, you could. You just have to get really comfortable with the unknown and with sometimes not having a plan. And it really was the most incredible training I could have ever had for the work that I do because it has given me what I call radical trust. And so many of my travel experiences have just proven to me over and over and over again that when I deeply listen, even when it's something I don't like or isn't my preference, everything works out in my highest and best good. All right. We definitely have to do another episode on that at some point. Let us, please message me if you're listening, you're like, I need to know about this digital nomad thing. I would love to hear from you what kind of questions you have for Aaron so that we can deliver. So, Erin, this has been such a, a beautiful conversation. I've gotten to know some new aspects of you, and I feel like we've deepened our intentions for this experience that is starting so soon. And before we wrap up, is there anything we didn't cover that you are called to share? You know, I just feel so personally excited for this. I was telling Ksenia the other day, actually, that every time we talk about this container and this experience, I am getting profound waves of love running through my body. And it's like I'm starting to experience some of the deeper intention of what this portal is here to open. Because I really believe we're moving into this time as a collective where we are going to need deep unconditional love more than ever. And I don't just mean heart, you know, heart-centered love or the love that we think of in relationship or between people. I mean that deep, unshakable love that's alive within each one of ourselves just for being here and existing. And I really feel that this portal is going to hold that kind of charge. And I think part of that is because you and I have come together and joined forces and said, Let's open what magic is here, no matter what it is. And it's just allowed so much to already come through. 
And so once all of the beautiful souls that say yes, get in the portal with us, I can only imagine the amplification of this that's going to occur to hold all of us and whatever's in all of our highest and best good at this time. And this time is such a charged time, you know, where most people are struggling with something right now. And that struggle, whatever that thing is, that's our personal drama right now, our personal story right now is the invitation, like the deep invitation to transformation. And there's nothing better to hold us through those types of awarenesses than ceremony, sacred space, intention, witnessing. So I just feel like there couldn't be a more perfect moment for this. And I think we've been so divinely guided on the exact perfect timing on when to put this out. Because as you said earlier, we talked about putting it out over a month ago and it we sort of decided it wasn't the time. And I remember at the time thinking, I don't know why this isn't the time. It just isn't. Now it's just so clear to me that this couldn't be more perfect of a moment to be opening this kind of a container for people. So I'm just really excited. So beautifully said. There's nothing I even want to add. I feel that whoever is meant to be part of that container will be, whether you are brand new to cacao and are hearing about it for the first time, or maybe you're someone who's been working with it and sitting with it for some time now. Everyone is welcome and we have payment plans and we're also planning to put out some subsidized spots up on the site as well if that's something that you can't afford at this time. But honestly, Aaron and I both charge quite a bit for private time with us, but we are keeping the price for this, well, very low really for the value that it is. So if you're called to sign up, please do that this week so that you can save a hundred bucks. It's normally 375. And if you sign up this week, it's 275. I'm going to link to all of that in the show notes. There's a code for you to use. And I'm just super stoked to meet our group and collaborate with you, Aaron. Yeah, me too. Me too. Awesome. Have a great night because I know you're on the other side of the world and I'm just getting my day started and have a blessed day, everyone who's listening. Thank you so much. 